A very warm welcome to the Change Conversations podcast, where we help individuals to reignite the spark to look at their lives and careers with a different lens. Our interactions interrogate different individuals of all backgrounds who seek to be equipped for change in their careers and personal goals. I am your host, Mbumengu Betaga, and I look forward to bringing you impactful change conversations. Hi, Laura, how are you? Hi, I'm Toby. I'm very well, thanks, and yourself? I'm okay, thank you very much. And thank you for taking the time to chat to me today. So for anybody that is hearing us, please take the time to subscribe. Like, we always have some amazing conversations um, that are not scripted. So we just see how this conversation goes. Um, So Laura, you are going to be talking to me about managing upwards. And you're going to break this down um, a bit. But in this platform, we get people to introduce themselves. So please introduce yourself. Oh, cool. Thank you. I um, actually hadn't thought about that. So um, name is Laura. Uh, I'm a talent expert. So when I say that, a lot of people think recruitment. It's not recruitment. It's about the way people grow themselves and manage their careers uh, in business and how people develop and move through businesses over time. And I'm also a career coach. So uh, I specialize in helping people achieve goals and um, get to the next step to where they want to be in their careers. Great. Thanks for breaking down that you're not in recruitment. <laughs> the thing, people ask me all the time. So I, I have like a chip on my shoulder about it. Not that there's anything wrong with recruitment. It is a hectic job. Yeah. So, but I think, I think when you just talk talent, we always, the first thing that we go to is thinking about talent acquisition, which is the recruitment side of things. But yeah, so let's break it down, um, Laura. What does managing upwards mean? Um, so it's like quite a broad topic, but basically managing upwards is a set of behaviors and skills that people can utilize to improve the relationship with a direct line manager. And sometimes their manager is like one step above that and above that. But basically, it's the individual or the employee taking control of their relationships with the people above them in the organization, rather than just letting it happen. Let's say they have a toxic boss, or if they just don't know how to handle the relationship. It's kind of like deciding to steer that relationship. And Mm -hmm. there are a few like useful skills and tools that you can use to get better at managing up. Because um, it is something that you have to practice. Most people don't just generate those skills on their own. Okay. So, but what does it mean? Does it mean you're managing your boss or are you managing your boss's boss? Are you managing um, your boss's colleagues? Like, so what does that look like? So, I, th- I think it could be any of those. So, it could be one, it could be multiple. But generally, the focus, like the best place to start, is having a good relationship with your current direct manager, so your direct manager. Mm -hmm. And once that's sorted, or if you 
decided for whatever reason that you can't work on it at this moment in time, then you look outside of your direct line manager and you think, okay, there are other people above this person or at the same level. How can I use the same tactics to also improve my relationship with these people? Because the same, the, the tactics apply to anybody at a higher level in a business than uh, where you are. Yeah, but what could be the reason? You've just said you might think that you might not be able to work on it right now. What could be the reasons for you not to be able to be intentional about working on that relationship of managing upwards? I think the, the main one that I've seen, um, and this is rare, I, like I haven't seen it happen a lot of times. So most of the time, you have a boss who is probably a human being, they're struggling with their own issues and their own anxieties and their own ambitions. Mm-hmm. Um, relationship can always be improved. It's only sometimes where the relationship has deteriorated to a point where you putting in extra effort becomes toxic for you. So it can become harmful, like take up too much of your emotion, emotional like mind space or whatever. Um, to a point where you just have to say, okay, I'm going to do what I'm obligated to do. I'm going to fulfill my responsibilities as a, as a professional. But outside of that, I'm not going to put an extra elbow grease and more of myself into this relationship because it's actually taking away too much from me. Um, and that's also where you have managers or bosses um, uh, that display toxic behaviors. So they are, um, you know, harmful in some way to the people that report to them. But it's okay. it's not um, it's not that common where a relationship can't be improved at all. Okay. So you do mention, or maybe before you get to talking to us about the different tools and, and, and skills that you need to be able to do this, what's the difference between managing upwards and sucking up, literally? <laughs> <laughs> it's a super good question. Um, and uh, hmm, let me see if I can answer this in like a clever way. But uh, basically, sucking up is um, a manipulative tactic. So when you suck up to somebody, you are altering your behavior and, uh, you know, your words, your communication um, to manipulate somebody into seeing you in the way that you want them to see you, right? So it verges on dishonesty and sometimes it can almost like go into the realm of being dishonest. Um, But managing upwards is more about you're taking control of a relationship with another professional in a healthy way and you're doing it in a way that achieves value for both parties. So with sucking up, often the manager actually isn't getting as much value out of the relationship as they think they are. Um, they're more so just being manipulated to feel comfortable or, uh, you know, happy about the person. But mm. with managing up, um, you're actually putting in a lot of effort to understand your manager and what they need and what they value and what the company values and how to make your manager look good. So mm. as self-centered, as sucking up where, you know, the, the needs and requirements of other people are sort of secondary to your own. Yeah, but but what what if you looked at it from a perspective of you think you're managing, but you know those 
type of people that are going to be giving you feedback on everything and anything that they do that will send you WhatsApps these days because we are not in the office every, I don't want to say every minute, but like at the end of the day, you literally like get the lowdown of the work that they've done or first thing in the morning. And mm. I think somebody might be thinking in their head that they are managing upwards because they are thinking, I want to just keep my boss abreast of what is happening. But where does it go overboard? Because mm. then it gets it can get to a point where it's like, if I have to get another WhatsApp from this person, it's a bit too much, you know? Like, where do you draw the mm. line? Yeah. So I think that's, um, when you start to manage up, a lot of the <clears throat> tactics revolve around uh, insights into what your boss really needs. So some people might struggle and sort of automatically think, oh my gosh, they need like constant communication. Like I know what they need and it's all these WhatsApps. Um, but uh, I think the onus is on the person to kind of look further and think like, okay, I'm doing this. It's making me feel better to WhatsApp them or like communicate overboard, but is it actually helping them? Like, am I really making their job easier or am I making myself feel better? Mm. kind of thing okay so yeah um but yeah, yeah. sorry yeah I, I was i was just gonna say like um i think uh a lot of the time that understanding can be built by more communication in the beginning but it's not communication like updates it's communication like just sitting down with your boss and being vulnerable and authentic with them and saying like you know I actually I want to do well for myself but we're also a team so please be honest with me about what you need because I know that I need to support you that that's one of my primary functions and then often your boss can sort of feel like they can relax they know you're on their side you're not mm -hmm. there to complain or make their lives difficult and then they can relax and start to give you more honest feedback about what they would like you to do and, and what works for them. Okay. So if you were, you have to break it down, what are those other tactics? Besides understanding their needs, what else um, can you do? Hmm. I think um, in the beginning, it's really communication and understanding. And like you said, like when, once you've got that sorted, so you've, let your boss know that you are there to be there for them mm -hmm. and you have started to gain insights into who they are and what the needs are and what their priorities are. The most important step, I think, is to show up. You have to follow through because you can't do all that work and all that communicating and then not do anything. So one of the most important things you can do to improve your relationship with somebody is to then demonstrate your value. So if they've said, okay, our priorities are um, getting things out quickly or responding to customer requests like faster than usual, you have to actually show up and prove that you will do that for them. And then once they see the value in the relationship, they start thinking, okay, this person is there for me or okay, this person can provide value for me that's when the relationship starts to take steps in the right direction. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but why is this important? Does it, 
what value does it add to you as an employee to be able to manage upwards? I think when you're managing upwards effectively, and I think like say like calling it that makes it sound slightly manipulative, but basically what you're doing is you're fostering a healthy dynamic with somebody. It mm. gives your confidence in you. So they're more likely to talk about you positively to other people. They are more likely to uh, want to recommend you for opportunities and actually see your value because you're putting in elbow grease to do more for them. So they'll start thinking, okay, this person, I actually believe when they say they can do what they do because I see it, they've demonstrated it. And, um, you know, so your boss is probably likely to open more doors for you than what they would if you just kept the walls up and didn't pay much attention to the relationship at all. Um, yeah. Human beings work. They want to look after their people, you know, unless you've got a sociopath as a boss. And we're just that lucky. It happens. Yeah, and it does happen. Um, so as you were talking, I was thinking about, so I've always had a line in corporate where I would literally tell my boss that I'm managing him. Literally. I, w- I would walk in and go, I'm here to manage you. And, and I've done that because I, I sometimes want to manage the expectation and you know that there's something maybe that needed to be done, but it's not going the way that it's supposed to be mm. done. And I would literally walk in and go, hey, dude, I'm here to manage you. This is what is happening, you know? Yeah. And, and I found that that actually kind of calms people down because they understand that you you are thinking about what could be the impact, you know? And mm. you also want to give your boards a heads up on stuff because there's nothing as horrible, and I've, I've witnessed this, there's nothing as horrible as when, as a manager, you feel blindsided about things. Mm. Where you're sitting in a meeting and people get to, people know more than what you know and you are supposed to be the one who's responsible for that unit or whatever the case is. So I think there is an element of saying, if that managing up perspective also helps your you to give your bots some heads up on some of the situations or elements that are happening in the business. What's your view on that? No, I think that's awesome. Um, and I think, it, you write and then it gives your boss a little bit of like relaxation. Like, you know, they know you've got their back. They know that you are taking your role seriously and you're confident enough to take the reins. Because I think, and I, I've seen it quite often with new managers, I guess, um, as well, where they get very anxious with their direct reports because they themselves are a little bit uncomfortable with leading. So when they have confident direct reports, it's a huge relief for them because they don't have to worry as much about making sure that somebody else uh, won't drop the ball. Um, mm. And what was I going to say just now? Um, oh, I was going to say, I think um, a lot of women in business also worry about taking that approach. So, you know, should I be the confident and outspoken with my manager or should I sort of like take a back step and be more submissive but 
you know, as you're saying, you've done it very successfully and it's yeah. worked for you. Yeah. So I think I think it's it's so for me there's an element of just keeping your boss abreast on the work that is happening. And that can be done in a formal manner. And in a formal manner of saying, we have weekly meetings, you know, we've got weekly one-on-one meetings. That's that's a formal manner. And you know that in that meeting, then you are going to be able to manage their expectation or to showcase that these are the things that you're doing and this is where things are at. But then there's also an element of saying, you are not going to wait for that weekly meeting when things are happening around you. And maybe there are decisions that needs to be to be taken or where you know that there's information that the person needs to have for another engagement or another element. So it's being able, I think from where I'm sitting, is, is being able to have that cordial relationship where you're able to be able to raise these um, either concerns or to give feedback, not in a formal manner, but at least the person gets to know what is happening and, and not feel like they are out of the loop. Hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I, I actually was just thinking, so literally just before the session, um, I saw an article um, it was referring. It was referring to toxic relationships at work, yeah. but um, the whole theme of it was relationships at work shouldn't happen to you. Like you're not a victim of your circumstances uh, in your career in terms of the relationships that you have. So you and I. It can be a bit harsh because sometimes people can get stuck in a tough place, but. Um, it was sort of saying, you know, you always have the choice to opt in or opt out. Like you can decide to walk away from a relationship and put no effort into it. Um, in which case you sort of become a victim to the other person's decisions because they have all the decision-making power in the relationship. Or you can choose to take positive steps, either to make it better or to uh, make changes to your own mindset and your own feelings about the situation in terms of, you know, how you're going to adapt, how you're going to contract with yourself to get through the situation kind of thing. So I quite like mm. that. And um, that you shouldn't forget that you are in charge of every relationship that you have in the work yeah. environment. Yeah. And and I think that's a, that's a, a, a very good perspective because Sometimes you need to be intentional about creating those relationships. And um, whether you're doing it from a selfish perspective, if somebody might call it that, but it's all about your career growth. It's all about your career progression. And, And you want the next best people in the career ladder to know exactly what Laura brings to the to the table. And, and this thing of um, the work talks for itself. We know that sometimes in corporate, it's not about the work talking for itself. It's about how you even engage, engage with people. You know that line that says, but we don't know who that is. Whereas the work is being delivered, but it gets to a point where people don't even know who you are. Like sometimes mm. then you need to take that responsibility of being, and the line is like, but that person is not visible. 
like yeah that one just like yeah but mm. that intention of because you are managing and people then get to know the type of work that you're delivering and and who you are so that mm. you can then own that work that is coming out out of your unit or coming out out of you as as an individual mm. yeah exactly and i think um it's not necessarily about, you know, your boss will only do those things if they love you or if you have this really tight relationship um, and they're your mentor and all of that. You'd need to just have a professional relationship that is healthy where your boss can see value in promoting you. They don't need to be your bestie to know that they will benefit from letting you have spotlights and recognition, especially if you're very closely associated to them. So um, I have... Um, lady I was coaching sort of asked questions along that line she was struggling with her direct line manager and um, she was sort of thinking like there's two options for me like either we're just going to clash forever or I need to have a friendship with my boss and I don't think that that's the case I think that you can have a healthy relationship without expecting like friendship and actual like you know any sort of further bonding um, and a relationship that's productive, where your boss wants to tell people about you, they want to open doors, um, you know, but you're not sending them memes at eight o'clock kind of thing. Yeah, because yeah, that can be that can be weird, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> Just falls off, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Anyway, so so Laura, um so for somebody who's hearing this conversation, what what is just the one thing that you think they they can do to improve the way they manage upwards? Um, that's a good question. Um, I think a good place to start is to see where the majority of your interaction with your manager is happening. So um, if you already have regular one-on-ones and times to connect and just chat informally, like not a performance discussion, but just to catch up, then you're in a good space to start asking them some more directed questions in terms of, you know, I, like just to give you an example, um, hey, manager, you know, I, I know that you spend a lot of time talking about myself and, and my work and, and my deliverables, but I do want to just check in to see what is important to you. You know, like, what are you worrying about that at the moment? What do you have to deliver this quarter or this month? Um, because I'm curious as to how I'm actually fitting into that. And it's a great way to open that conversation and, and see where they are. And if you're not having regular one-on-ones and if you don't have the catch-ups then the first thing to do is to start getting them in there so to start scheduling them in the diary asking for that time um, and I think if you have a manager who doesn't like that for whatever reason um, just keep at it and uh, most likely once they see that it's valuable and you're asking some really good questions uh, then they'll relax and they'll start being more enthusiastic about chatting and uh, starting that like understanding conversation yeah yeah and and what happens though Laura we are 
having this conversation and the pandemic is still arrived. People, most people are working from home. Um, so what happens in that instance when you are not seeing your manager on a daily basis? Or let me make an example of you've got a, a manager who is sitting, I don't know, maybe your manager sits somewhere in West Africa, in Cote d'Ivoire, let me make an example, and you are in South Africa. Like, like how do you then find a way to manage upwards? Because sometimes it's easier when everybody's in the office, you get to see each other, you can just pop in into the office and have that small conversation. Mm. But when you're not in the same space, what would be the best thing that somebody could do? Maybe they could adopt like a sort of Pumi-ish uh, vibe as well in terms of like taking the reins and saying like, okay, I'm going to give you some ideas and start to manage you a little bit and then let's talk about it because it saves that time of like in the beginning sort of asking questions, like open-ended things. So maybe look at your priorities, look at what the rest of the team is doing, look at what your manager is doing and put down some points to say like, okay, this is where I think maybe I could be helping you more. And this is where I think uh, we could be working more effectively and give some suggestions and then say, what do you think? Like I'm on the right track. And then it's a nice way to speed up a conversation. Uh, you know, if you're only getting one face-to-face -face Zoom call uh, a week or every two weeks or something like that. The, the, what's the Mpumi technique? I can't believe you just named, you've just given it a name. <laughs> so that, that's just my line of, of, of always telling my bosses that I'm managing them. Just, you know, so that, I think I think for me that works because then we're on the same page. There's no confusion. This is what is happening. We are doing well. We're not doing well. But if there are any issues, I will let you know type situation you know mm. and, and and for me I, I think there's an element of that creates trust and and dependency and there's there's that element of knowing that if the person hasn't come to me so I know things are okay they are being handled but if there's an issue there's no way this person will not come to me and actually just come tell me there's an issue and we need to mm. then change strategy or whatever the case is. Yeah. I can't believe you've just given it a name, but anyway, I'll own it. Yes. I'm going to use it. Um, and I think uh, something that I forgot to mention as well, like the benefits is if you're taking that forward approach and you're saying like, okay, listen, like this is what I'm doing. You can also extend it to your development. So um, be as proactive when you communicate to your manager what you want for your career. So I think this project would be a nice experience for me. Um, I, you know, let's talk about my aspirations and where I see myself in five years um, and that kind of thing. And it, it's just a nice way to make your manager know that you have direction and they kind of need to appreciate that and um be aware of it. But I, I suppose the more important thing is show up and you have to be delivering because if you're not showing up and if you're not delivering, those those conversations are going to fall a bit flat. Yeah. But but what if you've got a, a manager that is just not receptive? 
you know, there are those managers that are very, I don't want to call them stuck up. I don't know if that's the right word, but they've got a very structural way of managing people and things need to be done. This If you've got somebody who's not as receptive into some of your tactics of trying to manage upwards, how, how do you then deal with that? You mean like just in a very like aloof way or in an unhealthy way? No, I mean in an aloof way. It doesn't have oh, to be yeah. unhealthy. It doesn't have to be toxic, but... I think just keep at it and, and like keep tweaking your approach until you find what works with them. I mean, maybe they'll never open up and really tell you their hopes and fears about their uh, career, but you will slowly start to see uh, what they like and dislike. And, and sometimes I'm no qualified psychologist, but like sometimes I find that the very structured people and like aloof people, um, they have like some anxiety, you know, like they need that control. It makes them feel like good and um, like they're achieving and they probably are achieving. And um when people accommodate that and when they can see you're going to deliver and you're going to like, you, you know, you're not going to push them past their boundaries for comfort, then they relax a little bit, but they're probably never going to be over the top uh, friendly, like chummy bosses. So I think just accept where people are going to get to. You might have somebody who will open up totally and you might have somebody who always needs that bit of space Um and uh, yeah, I, th I think it's important to respect that and not to push it because then, you know, they might go the other direction and want to shut you out completely. And that's yeah. important. Yeah, but it, let's just say, and, and maybe this would be my last question, is what, what if you've made a mistake? So you've made a mistake and we, you need to have this conversation. What is the best way to, to tackle that? I think just be straightforward. Um, so I think if you've messed up or, or done something silly, especially if it affects your manager, which it probably will if it was a decent sized mistake, um, don't try to make it better. Like it sucks. You've done something stupid and your manager is probably like a mix of irritated and worried about themselves. So just apologize take accountability for what you did and go in with a plan to say like I messed up and this is what I'm going to do or this is what I've already done to make it better and empathize with them. Say, you know, I can see that this is how you feel about it or, you know, I'm, I'm sure that you feel stressed. I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, I know I've caused you distress or concern, um, but please know that I want to work with you to make it better or make it better on my own. Um, and just own it. Because then mm. up to your manager whether or not to forgive you. I, you know, you never know what choices they're going to make. They might hold a grudge and be weird for a long time, but that's out of your control. At least, mm. you know, you've done the right thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think because that sometimes can be very awkward because you might find people that want to cover up um, mm. whatever that mistake is. Or you, want, you might find people that want to blame other people and not want to take responsibility and accountability for, for that. Um, but I think what's, what's, 
what we know um, in life is that some of these things do come out, you know. Um, mm. So it's usually better just to to own to own the mistake and 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 manage it in a way that is is fruitful for everybody, and and fix it because at the end of the day, if it can be fixed, then fix it and find a way to fix it. Mm. Or even maybe mm. engage your manager to 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 ask how you can fix it, but give your own thoughts um, on this mm. is what I think um, I can do, and then hear what they they can say around around that conversation. Thanks, Laura. Yeah, I totally think this good. has been useful. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I I had a small question for you, but I don't know if we have time. Oh, okay. So I was actually asked this question. I gave an answer, but um, it was, what do you do if you're trying to have a good, uh, like productive relationship with your manager, but your manager is somebody who engages in an ethical behavior in the workplace? How do you, how do you have that relationship that you know, works in your favor, but you're also not engaging in the unethical stuff. I mean, nothing like jail worthy, but probably stuff no one should be doing. Yeah, but the question becomes, um, if it's unethical, is there any is there any reason why you are it's not being exposed? Um, in that situation, it was sort of that gray area stuff where it's like values-based ethics. So um, the person wasn't comfortable with it, um, but it's not stuff that could go through like an official reporting process. Okay. So it's yeah. quite interesting because it was like right there in the middle. Yeah, but I think in, in some of those situations, you just need to deal with, with your part. Um which 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 bit are you engaging with? And ideally, for sure, you want to engage with the bit that is not um, contradicting and working against you. But the the question becomes: How um, strong enough for you to be able to actually challenge them in that situation, and for you to be to have a conversation that says. This makes me uncomfortable, um, and 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 be able to stand up for yourself in 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 instances where something makes you uncomfortable, but that mm. becomes an individual's choice. On do you just want to turn a blind eye and pretend that whatever this thing is 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 not happening, or do you want to be to stand up and go? It makes me uncomfortable and. I know it's a gray area, but and mm. and have the conversation literally, uh, because if mm. you don't, then be okay with the fact that you have not raised it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think that's my take from from that. Mm. I said something similar, which is that you know you're not helpless in the situation. You just have to weigh the pros and cons of what you want to do and how it's going to affect you internally, you know, depending on what your decision is. So yeah, um, to be moving in the right direction post that conversation. So, And, and it also talks to yeah. how badly does it grind you and grind mm -hmm. your values? 
Because if it doesn't grind you that badly, then maybe it's something that you can ignore. But mm-hmm. if it's really something that goes against everything that you believe in, then I think I wouldn't look the other way if it really goes against everything I believe in. I would I would have the conversation and take the risk of how that other person is going to treat me moving forward. But they will know exactly what I think. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> anyway, um, thanks for being part of Change Conversations with Mpume. And I think I'm hoping that these conversations um, impact somebody's life. And if there's anybody who is listening, um, please um, take the time to subscribe, like, share with other people that you think might um, find these conversations useful. Laura, where do people find you? Um, So at the moment, uh, you can uh, find me on Instagram. So you can follow me at Careers with Laura on Instagram, or uh, you can take a look at my website, which is laurapycroft.com for all the things that I do and a little more, quite a little bit more about me. Great. Thank you for the time. I think this has been very useful and um, it's been great having you here. Thank you very much, Laura. Thanks for me. It was a cool chat. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to Change Conversations. If you enjoyed our show and you would like to help support the podcast, Please share it with others and kindly post about it on your social media platforms. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram and YouTube at Change Conversations with Mbume. I am Mbume Ngubedaga signing out and I will see you again next week.